Most loving Heavenly Father, we do uh, seek your face this morning. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you uh, for the amazing privilege of being in, in this place, your house this morning, and that we can worship you. And Father, help us as we engage in contemplating uh, the mysteries of your, your wonderful gospel and your heavenly wisdom, Lord, that uh, uh, you would aid us uh, in our devotion uh, to you and uh, in our affection uh, for one another, and that we may uh, 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 truly uh, give you glory in, in all that uh, we do and say. Amen. Well, this, uh, this morning we're going to... Uh, uh, return to Mark's uh, Gospel, to uh, Mark chapter 12. So we're continuing with the uh, series that uh, uh, we've been going through uh, in Mark's Gospel. And uh, we're taking our time going through the Gospel of Mark. And we're nearing the end of chapter 12. Uh, we've been in chapter 12 uh, for a while. It's almost been like a mini-series within a series. And so uh, uh, we've uh, uh, got to uh, verse 28. And uh, this is uh, 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 perhaps titled in your, in your Bible, it might be titled, Which is the First command, Commandment of All? Or which is, which is the Greatest Commandment? So that's verse 28, and I'm going to, to read uh, uh, down to uh, verse 37. Now, the, the theme or title for this morning is taken from G the words of Jesus at verse 34. Not far from the kingdom, not far from the kingdom and the idea that that uh, I had in my mind that this morning was that of going on a journey and you know when you're traveling trying to get to somewhere new and I have my wife with me Avril so she can uh, tell you uh, what sometimes I'm like when I'm driving uh, but you can just imagine when you, you're trying to get to somewhere new and maybe it's like a wedding venue so you You've got some urgency there, and uh, and uh, uh, you've got the sat nav, but the sat nav's not helping out very well. You've got maps, and uh, the maps uh, uh, aren't making much sense. And you pull over and to ask somebody, and and they might say the following things. They might say, "Well, yes, well, you're not far. You just got to try this and do this, or go on this road, or take take the left at the road, the roundabout." Down, down that way. You're not far. You're almost there. Has that happened to you? Well, I think it's happened to us on a number of occasions. And uh, like probably a lot of other men, um, you know, Avril is saying, well, let, let's just pull over and ask this person, you know, because we've given up on the satna, we've given up on the A to Z, and, that, and I'm kind of like, well, I think we can manage. And Avril saying, no, I think, you, you know, let's, let's ask somebody. And usually they'll say, well, you're not far. You just have to do, uh, do this and, and take that. 
So if that's the kind of um, theme for us this morning, not far from the kingdom. Now this is the third question that we see this scribe bringing uh, to the Lord in this uh, uh, sequence that we have with Jesus and the disciples in the temple. So we, we've had the, the, the chief priests and, and, and scribes coming to Jesus. We've had the, uh, uh, the Pharisees and the Herodians uh, ganging up together, coming with a question uh, to tease uh, the Lord. And then the Sadducees, which is what we were looking at last week. So this is the third question. And there was a great debate among the, the scribes and, and Pharisees regarding what was the greatest, or what was the prime commandment. And uh, uh, this is what they come uh, uh, to, to Jesus at verse 28. So let, let's, let's read uh, uh, the passage. So beginning at, at verse 28. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together... Perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, it is this. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribes said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth. For there is one God, and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbour as oneself, this is more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. Then Jesus answered and said, while he taught in the temple, how is it that the scribes say that the, the, the Christ is the son of David? For David himself said by the Holy Spirit, the Lord sit, said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore David himself calls him Lord. How is he then his son? And the common people heard him gladly. Well, may we hear the words of the Lord gladly this morning as we think about these things and this passage. So the third question posed to, to Jesus uh, while he's in the temple, and of course this is a, a climax, this is getting towards the point where <coughs> Jesus uh, is going to be arrested and he's going to be taken and uh, uh, brought before the authorities and he's going to be put on the cross. So we're heading 
in that in that direction. And so things are beginning to sort of the pace, the tempo and pace is um, uh, warming up, as it were. So what about this question then? This question that is 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 put to the Lord by this this scribe. The scribes would have heard Jesus answer the Sadducees in a, in the previous section, where they they came to ask about the resurrection, and that might have given them some pleasure or delight because obviously there was a cut a a, a difference. Um, between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So that might have been uh, something that they were pleased about, but they would be still looking to, to trick Jesus or to find some way of to incriminate him. And so we find one scribe coming and asking uh, this, this question. What or which commandment is the most important of all? Or to use Matthew Henry's expression, what is the first commandment in weight and dignity? What might be that commandment, that which we need to give heed to, which will be the foundation for our obedience for all the rest of the commandments, and so forth. So we see the Lord answer this uh, scribe, uh, and, and it's, it, it seems to be a, a fairly honest question. Uh, we're told it is one scribe in Matthew 22 we're told that he was a lawyer so he was uh, an expert in the law he was one who taught the law who taught Torah and it, it seems quite a fair question to, to ask it seems that there's a distinction then maybe with, with the, 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 the scribes and the Pharisees in general, and this individual. There's a slightly different kind of angle in Luke's uh, um, uh, account in chapter 10 of Luke, and some think that might be a different scenario. So as we're reading Mark's Gospel, we see here a man who comes with what seems an honest uh, question. What is, what is the greatest commandment of all? What is the prime commandment that undergirds everything else? And this is Jesus' answer. And he gives two commandments, not one. And he's quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6. And if we turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, and I'll read um, uh, verses 4, 5, and 6, but... Uh, uh, Jesus is quoting 4 and 5 here. This is what it says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. And this is what has become known as the Shema, uh, the confession of faith for Jewish people. And Jewish people, devout Jews, will recite this, uh, and the very, very devout uh, Jews will recite this, I think, twice a day. It's a confession of faith, along with the reciting of other scriptures. But this is, uh, this is something that is very common among devout Jews uh, uh, today. 
And they will say this, they will recite this. And it's essentially establishing this, the reality that there is one God, that there is one creator, and that God is God alone. There is one God. So Jesus is establishing that. He is, is answering the scribe by taking him back to the scriptures, back to, to Deuteronomy and uh, this, this is, I think, repeated, uh, I think, three times uh, in the book of Deuteronomy, or uh, it, in slightly different format, and we can uh, go to chapter 10 of Deuteronomy. Don't need to turn to it, but verse 12 we read, And now, Israel, what does the Lord thy God require of thee, but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve him, to serve the Lord thy Lord, thy God with all thy heart and with all my soul. So you can note the pattern, can't we? We can see the pattern and the principle here uh, that Jesus is, is pointing out and pointing back to, pointing this scribe to, uh, and the principle is this, and it's a heart issue. It's an issue of the heart. And it's this, that, that the greatest thing is to love God, is to love God Without, with everything, because that, uh, it, it, that's, that's what we have here, isn't it? With all of the heart, with all of the soul, with all, all of the might, all your strength, whatever uh, it might be in, in the Bible translation you've got before you. But we get the, prim the, the principle, don't we? This is the greatest commandment that Jesus is laying uh, out, to love God with everything. And then he adds to that by ref making reference and quoting in part another verse from the Old Testament and we can go to Leviticus chapter 19. Again, I, I will read it for us. You don't need to turn to it, but Jesus quotes in part verse 18 from Leviticus 19, which says this, Thou shalt not avenge, nor bear a grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. I am the Lord. So the first commandment is recognising that there is one God, there is one Lord, the God that, that is the creator of everything, the God, the covenant-making and keeping God that's brought the people of Israel out, out of Egypt, out of bondage, this God, this God that has set his affection and love on the people of Israel, this God, we are to, to acknowledge that he is alone God. He alone is the Lord and that he is to be loved. He is to be loved with all of our beings, of everything that we have. And then the second commandment that he brings in, which is kind of, it's linked. They're both going together like opposite faces of a coin if you like. And this second commandment is this, love your neighbour as yourself. Love your neighbour as yourself. To love others as one would want to be loved. Or to, to, to treat others as you would like to be treated. And the two go to, together. And you cannot have the first only without the second. You can't fulfil the first without uh, acknowledging the second. So this is Jesus' is, um, uh, reply 
And of course we see the scribe responding to Jesus. And uh, uh, verses, uh, verses 32 and 33. This is the scribe's response. He recognises and acknowledges what Jesus has said. And so going back to verse 32. And the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and that there is no, no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbour as oneself is much more than all burnt, burnt offerings and sacrifices. So there is one God and there is no other. We are to love God with all the heart and understanding, with all our strength. We are to love our neighbour as ourselves. And this is greater. And this is the interesting point. And this is greater than all offerings and sacrifices. This is uh, the words of the scribe. So that's very interesting, isn't it? Considering where they are. They're right there in the temple. Jesus has, has had to deal with all these different other questions. All the all the. The, 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 the scribes and other scribes and Pharisees coming with their questions and their tease, trying to tease something out of Jesus that might incriminate him, they might be able to have something to accuse him. Uh, and Jesus has answered them well. Jesus has, has, has silenced them. And this, this scribe is, is acknowledging that. He's, we, and we know when Jesus, when he comes to Jesus, back in verse 28, He's heard Jesus. He has seen, obviously, Jesus uh, talking with the other groups. And it says there that he, 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 he sees that Jesus has answered well. So something is, is going on, perhaps, in this scribe's mind, in his heart. And now he's saying this. Well, this is quite, quite something, because in a sense, he's saying, well... Here we are, we're in the temple and people are coming to make their sacrifices uh, as, as has been the tradition. Uh, there's the burnt offerings and the annual sacrifices for sin and for atonement. Uh, and yet what, what he's, he's, he's almost like saying, well, this, is, this supersedes all that. This religion ultimately of the heart of loving God and loving our neighbour, this, this, this is... Uh, what supersedes all the all the other uh, uh, commandments, and he's making that statement in the temple. So a good question that he brings to Jesus, isn't it? And we see the Lord's response and the scribe's response. He's realizing that there is true and uh, and real obedience. And it involves the heart. It involves, ultimately, love. Love is, is the essence here, isn't it? We see this repeated again and again. It's loving God with all our heart, mind and soul. It's loving our neighbour, those around us, our brothers, our sisters, whoever it is, and to, to love them. And they go, go together. Love is the essence so he's, he's near the kingdom. But he's not there yet. He's not there yet. He's near the kingdom. He's, he's almost recognising that 
yes, that there's maybe something missing. That these uh, sacrifices that are yearly and, and, and the sacrifices and everything, and all the outward uh, paraphernalia of the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the religion at the time, somehow wasn't enough that there was an inner reality that needed to be there that, that, that wasn't there. Uh, and uh, he, he's, he's on a journey and he's not quite there. So the conclusion is, uh, and Jesus says, well, you're not far from the kingdom. And there's a, there's a kind of positive thing there, but there's a negative thing. The positive is that he's, he's near the kingdom, but he's not there yet. And there's, there's some dangers. There's dangers for us as Christians, uh, as, as, as people who profess faith, who profess to be followers of Jesus? There's some dangers that we can we can we can uh, see here that we can uh, uh, take heed to. And I think that uh, it will will return again to the uh, the section uh, verse 35 uh, down uh, to 40 next time. Uh, but uh, in a sense, that is very much linked to this uh, situation with the scribe. Uh, we're, going, we're going to see why uh, that's the case, because you see, we've got some dangers that we need to be aware of. People who come to church, who claim to be Christian, um, need to be aware of these dangers, and we need to, to make sure that we warn people of these dangers. Because you see, it's a tragedy and Bernd and I, you know, when we, we talk with people in the open air, when we're meeting people, and people who are religious, and there are a lot of groups who, who uh, are very devout in their, their religious practice, who, who come into the city centre, uh, and outwardly look very pious, or outwardly look uh, very godly, but there is certain danger, and the danger, um, number one, is thinking that we can, we can do our best by trying to love God and obey him by doing outward things. Because in that sense, what the Pharisees and the scribes and, the, and, and, and all these groups were doing, they were doing outward things and they were very proud in their um, adherence to doing outward things, even things that were in a sense beneficial, but in a sense that they were outward and they were doing things for the wrong motives. And as we, 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 will, go, we will see as we, we go further on uh, uh, into uh, 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 the rest of the chapter, we will see Jesus speaking very, very, very clearly, very, very drastically, in fact, about uh, the hypocrisy of the... Uh, of the, the, the and he's, he, he, he names them, the scribes, there, verse 38. Beware of the scribes. So there is a danger that we can, we can uh, try and, and love God by doing outward things or be putting our trust in our efforts to do those things when, in fact, the, 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 the reality is that we've, we're not near at all we're far away. 
And the other danger is that we're trusting in rituals and religious activity rather than in Christ alone. And I think that this is kind of sort of uh, uh, touching on what Mark has been helpfully bringing out in the series in Galatians. Uh, yet there's a kind of sort of overlap there. There's a danger that we are trusting um, in outward things, in, in doing good works. There's a danger that we're trusting in rituals and religious activity, that uh, our hearts can be very far from God, and yet we're trusting in rituals. And again, there are many religious groups that... Uh, have a lot of ritual in their services, a lot of ritual in their, in, in, uh, uh, in their religion. Uh, but there's no reality in the heart. There's no reality. Then that we see that Jesus is pointing to here. And the third, the third danger that we can, we can, we can see, the third danger is having knowledge about Jesus. Yes, we can know the truth about Jesus and about these things, but not in exercising faith alone, in Christ alone. So we can have, we can have the facts. So we're not far, in a sense, from the kingdom. We're not far. But it's not going to do us any good if we don't exercise faith in Christ. And this is why I'm saying verses 35 to 30, 30 uh, 37 uh, in a sense are tied in with this because you see Jesus is saying to this man look you're not, boy, you're not far. And that, that's a very positive thing because Jesus didn't have positive things to say in general to the Sadducees and the scribes and the, the chief priests. He, you know he has very strong uh, things to say to them, and if we go to uh, Matthew, uh, if we go to Matthew's account, well, we, we see Jesus really um, laying it very clearly. Uh, the problem with the um, with the Pharisees and the scribes, their hypocrisy, their their trust in in outward uh, religion, in doing things to make themselves look good and, and so forth when in fact there was no inner reality, there was no genuine love for God, there was no genuine love for their neighbour in fact they, they, they weren't uh, fulfilling this commandment at all so there's a danger that we we can be at a place where we know we know uh, about Christ that we can know about the, the law of God and what it points to and yet fall short and not enter in into the reality that Christ offers. And I think this is why Jesus uh, then, after he's answered the scribe and nobody, it says nobody, nobody asks, asks any questions anymore, then he then asks a question, and he asks a question, and hopefully the Lord willing will will spend more time thinking about this ne the next time, when he's referring to Psalm 110, where David 
under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is, is saying, you know, uh, and Jesus is quoting, verse 36, it, it's there, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore David himself calls him, Lord, how is it he then is his son? So he's giving them a conundrum. He's giving them a question. Because ultimately, uh, everything that Jesus has been saying is pointing to himself as the one who can give us that heart religion. Because we can't in our own. Romans uh, 3.23 For all have fallen short of the glory of God. No matter how much we, we, we try, we will fall short. And, and they were falling desperately short of God's glory. And Jesus is, is, is saying, well look, this is the greatest commandment. This is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind and soul. Love your neighbour as yourself. That kind of love wasn't there with the religious authorities of Jesus' day. It wasn't there. And the danger for us, uh, if, if we're outside of Jesus Christ, if we have not been born again, if we haven't experienced the new birth, if we haven't um, had that great exchange where Christ takes our sin and imputes his righteousness to us, and we don't uh, uh, cry out to the Lord, and we don't put our trust in Christ, then the danger is that, that we are going to be uh, going through false and hypocr hypocritical religion. That we are going to be trusting in our own efforts, we're going to be putting our trust in outward things, in doing this, and dressing like this, and dressing in a certain way, and e eating a certain, in, a, in a certain fashion. And Bert will tell you, we, we, we constantly meet religious groups in the city centre who are out perhaps even to propagate their, their beliefs. And it, it's all outward religion. It's, well, we, we, we do this, we eat a certain diet, we dress in a certain way, we, we, we try to keep all these commandments, uh, and, and we, we, we go to, and we worship on a certain day, we do this and we do that, and yet deep down, that genuine love's not there. And they're trusting in the, ultimately in themselves and in rituals or, or, or religious activity. And they have a knowledge. So they're near, maybe some of them, but they haven't got Christ. And that's what we need, isn't it? We need Christ. We need Christ. We need faith alone in Christ. And that's what this scribe needed. And that's why I think, I think Jesus knew he had this audience and that these scribes were around him. There at verse 35, and that's why he, he puts this question to them in this conundrum, referring to Psalm 110. Who is David referring to? Because of the, the scribes and the, uh, and the religious authorities, they believed in the Messiah. They believed, well, he's the son of David. But Jesus is really ultimately pointing, ultimately pointing to himself, that he is the Messiah. He is, the, he is uh, greater than David. And in Matthew 12, 
we have that, that section where Jesus says, you know, there is one here who is greater than the temple, and that's himself. So all these things that we see that are going to take place in the temple here are going to be superseded because someone greater than the temple is here. And that's the Lord Jesus himself. He's the one that's going uh, to make that sacrifice once for all for sin, which is why we're able to come round the table, this table this morning. And it's a joyful occasion, isn't it? Because we're remembering and we're reminding each other what Christ has done and accomplished so that we, we don't have to be going through rituals and, and doing offerings uh, and, and, and trying to, to, to uh, achieve peace with God and to have our sins covered like that. Christ has done it once and for all. Christ, as the Messiah, is our prophet, priest and king. He has achieved that atonement. And that's a, a wonderful thing. And this ultimately is the conclusion that I think, you know, this is where, where the scribe needed to go. He was acknowledging, he was, you know, it was like a light was being turned on. He was beginning to see that what, what real religion should look like. But of course, he needs to make the full step. He needs to complete the journey. And that he can only do that by coming to Christ. And that's for us. And that's is what we want to share um, when we're in the city centre as evangelists. We want to share with with these kind of people that come to us and they're saying, well, I've got religion. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to uh, please God. I'm trying to love God. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Um, and and they, they're falling short. And they, they need Christ. And we want to point them to one uh, who can provide that atonement and that righteousness and that means by which they can love God and they can love um, others. So the problem for the scribe, well, um, with his own words, he was admitting the Lord was right. That's quite something. He was near but not quite there. He was near in his understanding. And we don't know what the condition of his heart was. We don't know um, what was to, to, to happen to the, what was going to happen to this uh, scribe? We've not given a name. We don't know um, any more. Um, uh, but we, we, we can only uh, we can only assume that he was probably guilty of some of the hypocrisy that Jesus was going to be pointing out and had been pointing out. And yet he he as an individual was perhaps was indeed near, but he needed to complete that journey. And that journey was putting faith in the Messiah, in the one that the, David was prophesying when he, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote that psalm, that Psalm 110, when he's looking forward, um, not seeing the full picture, but looking forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the coming of the Messiah. And Jesus is really wanting to say, I am that Messiah. I am the Messiah. I am the, the one that has been prophesied. Uh, the, 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 the Lord that David is speaking of. So I hope that uh, you have gladly uh, heard the word of the Lord this, this morning. I hope that and pray that uh, you um, uh, know 
the Lord Jesus Christ as as Lord uh, and Saviour, and that you have, in a sense, come to the kingdom. And if you're near to the kingdom, if perhaps you uh, are like this scribe, then I want to uh, appeal to you to seek Christ, to seek Christ alone, to trust in him. Don't, not to be trusting in ourselves, not to be trusting in, uh, in our own uh, righteousness as the scribes were obviously very guilty of, but to trust in Christ uh, alone. Well, may the Lord help us in these uh, reflections. Can I pray for us? Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that you came into the world to save sinners and sinners like ourselves, sinners that fall short of your wonderful glory, sinners that uh, can be hypocrites in religion without you. And Father, we realise uh, this is the, the, the standard uh, of, of real religion, real faith, is that complete and utter loving uh, of, of yourself with all the heart, with all the soul, with all the might, with all our strength. And Father, we know we can't do it in our own strength. We know we can't do this. Lord, when we see this standard, we know that we fall short. When we see our weak and frail and feeble uh, affections and love for, for our brothers and sisters, for those around us, we realise that we fall dress, desperately short. We need you. We need the Holy Spirit uh, uh, to come in uh, and, and cleanse us and make us new. And Father, I pray, Lord, that we would know something of that, that power uh, this day and in this coming week that we would know um, uh, your enabling uh, as we seek to love you, uh, to love the one that loved us first. The one that loves with perfect love, amazing love. And Lord, Lord, help us as we meditate on these things. And Lord, we, we, we commend uh, these, uh, these uh, scriptures uh, to our memory as we, we go from this place. Uh, we, we think of those who are not with us, that you would uh, uh, bless, bless them. Uh, where they are, Lord, that you might uh, draw them close to yourself. Amen.